All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 9 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, brought to you by OddsShark.net. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me to my left, Dylan D. Berthium, across the table from me, Michael Biebs Bondi. How's it going, gents? I'm back. It's been a week. One week hiatus. I apologize. Um, had to uh, do some wedding standing, so we're, we're here now. Also, everyone knows that um, it was just way too premature for me last week. I was like, I can't handle this. It's uh, not enough has happened in the league. I can't talk about anything. Yeah, we didn't really have a whole lot to talk yeah, about. No, it's all right. We, we made, made it work. do, though. Made do. Yeah. Uh, Dylan D. Berthium, back again. Happy to be here. Always. <laughs> you just saw the Joker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's why he's so jacked up right now. for today's episode? Or you... It was a bit much at times, uh, but it was good. Yeah. It's good. Good for you. Yeah. How many Ds and a five would you give it? Uh, four, four D's, four D's, yeah. four, four hard D's. Yeah. yeah. All right. We are just over one week into the 2019-20 season. It's been exciting. So, I mean, after three days or two days, maybe it was, we didn't have a whole lot, but after a week, it feels like we have so much more to talk Couple about. Couple four goal scores. Um, Unreal. as of right now, about every kind of average guy is going to get one this year. Yeah. Um, at this rate. Yeah. So like, are you know Brad Richardson's going to be scoring four goals in one game. <laughs> Maybe not happens sometimes. Maybe not average guy, but every every like guy who only scores goals. So there we go. Anthony Mantha is one. What a James stud. Neal stud. does not get an assist. But man, did you see that that clip that was going around? I know I sent it to UD. I think I'm not even gonna say his name. I want to put him on super blast because I already did it on Twitter a little bit. But like 
um, reporter from Calgary. They interviewed uh, him like after the game, whatever they do. And uh, oh yeah, it, and he's just like, oh yeah, like yeah, you know, Oilers fans are definitely calling Flames fans right now. Like, ha ha, we won the trade. And then he's like, but let's just take a look at Milan Lucic, and it was literally just Milan Lucic getting in a fight, like not even protecting his teammates, trying to fight Zadorov. It was after me, like Lucic got hit by uh, that McDermott kid from, oh, okay, yes, from yes. LA, like just a monster. He took a run at Lucic. Lucic gets hit. Chase him into the zone, fights him. They're like, "This is what they want." Like, yeah, like James Neal scored four goals today, but like, <laughs> he's like, "But uh, Lucci just leading in his own category, penalty minutes and fights." We were just like, "How? What kind of analysis is this? This is horrendous." Hey, he brings something to the table. It's oh, like Christ, yeah. it was so bad. I'm like, I don't know how we're like almost in 2020 and we still got these archaic hockey thoughts all the time. It's, Who needs four goals when you can start a fight? It's about time that Edmonton won a trade. Let's just let them have one. They came um, back and they came back to tie the game and he like fully attributed it to, to Lucic getting in a scrap and, and like firing the boys up. He's like, yeah, Lucic inspired his team. Like that's, he, he literally, the whole thing was based on Lucic's fight. But it was like not even like one of those situations where he was standing up for his teammates. He's literally got in a fight for somebody hitting Milan Lucic. Like just the worst. But anyways, all right. In this episode, we're going to talk about uh, some big injury news uh, that came down this week, um, how you guys can replace those players if those are the players that you lost. Also, um, if you didn't lose these players and you're looking for a waiver wire pickup, these guys should be uh, players that you'd be targeting right now. Uh, We're also going to take a look at our biggest disappointments uh, through the first week of the season, also our biggest surprises, and then we're going to wrap the show up with some streamers to add for this weekend. So just so, good juicy content after week one. Uh, we'll start with the injuries. We've got Evgeny Malkin is expected to miss at least one month with soft tissue damage in his leg. <laughs> what movie is it? Uh, other guys. Other guys. I definitely have soft There's tissue no damage. There's no way I don't have soft tissue There's no way someone didn't yell that at him in the room when he comes yeah. back in. Did you see the... I, I, know, I know we're referencing videos a lot, but you know, it's where we're from. But, um, but do you see the video of him just stick handling um, at... At, at the arena the other day and just no one there and it's him on the bench stick handling ripping shots at the at the net it's so depressing come on it's like let's get gino back out there but the guy's hands are gonna be going oh, that's yeah. the one good thing is nothing's patrick gonna Marlo just scored a second goal game. wow um <laughs> he's back huge signing patrick Marlowe. <laughs> should have played one draft games tonight 4500 um but yeah no malkin's hands are there it just definitely has yeah. soft tissue damage it was yeah um, and then this one's not as big as Malkin's injury, but Nate Schmidt is week to week with a lower body injury, a uh, guy that was drafted in a lot of leagues. Just so, following last year's pattern of uh, steroid 20-game suspension. Yeah, yeah he's He like, doesn't like to play the first 20. As a Shea it. Theodore owner, don't hate to see it. No, love to see it, absolutely. Well, I'll wish him nothing but the best in his recovery, but I'll take those extra power play minutes for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Give me all the Shea that you can. Uh, all right, so we're going to talk about some center and D replacements uh, that should be available on free agency in most leagues. Uh, Beeps, since we didn't have you here last week, you might as well kick it off for sure. us. Sure, thank you. Um, my, my lips have been tingling after after a week off, so this is good. But um, I decided to go the route of not going strictly center, but just generally someone who you can use to replace Malkin in general in the points region. Um, Travis Konechny, almost a Windsor alert, um, a Chatham alert, at 36% owned in all Yahoo leagues. Um, this is someone who's I think is poised for a pretty big season out in Philly this year. We talked about it before the season started as someone to keep an eye on um, as he could be playing top-line minutes, and guess what? He is, and top power play minutes, and it's only led to three goals 
um, and two assists through his first, what's been, I think, three games. So after signing a, a fairly two games. two games, my apologies. Yeah, um, they're in Europe. Yeah, that's that's correct. So after signing a fairly large contract in the offseason by some people's um, means, he kind of he kind of broke that UFA. We talked about it, the UFA boredom that we had going on in the offseason. And uh, it seems for good reason. Um, it's, it, again, I mentioned we talked about him as one of the big sleeper wingers, but now it seems like he's kind of filling out and uh, people are starting to notice. We've seen his, his own percentage jump up almost 13% in the past week since the season started. And it's only going to keep flying up, especially if he keeps doing what he's done. Um, as there right now? Um, it's 36%. So he's oh, still likely out there in your deeper leagues. Actually, if you're in a 12-man league, he, he is likely out there. And we love people in top sixes, especially to- strong top sixes like Philly. Um, he, uh, As I mentioned, he's not going to fill out the center slot, but that's kind of okay because I imagine you don't need him to fill out your you center shouldn't. slot. You should have a ton. He's right now only right-wing eligible in Yahoo. I know last year he had center eligibility, but regardless, we talked about right-wing as being the weakest position, so he's only going to help your lineup. Somebody should be able to find uh, a way in. I would love more minutes and more shots from this guy right now. Again, though, only two games. He's got three goals on five shots. Obviously, Do you think he can maintain his sixty percent shooting. Percentage? Obviously, For he sure. can keep no, the sixty six percent going. I talked 60. about connecting a lot in the offseason. I really liked him coming into this yeah. year. Uh, I mentioned that over the past two seasons, uh, while only playing you know fifteen minutes a night, he was tied for like thirty fourth in the NHL in uh, even strength goals mm-hmm. so far this year. Three even strength goals. The one goal he scored in in, in Europe Filthy. was so disgusting. Yeah, absolutely, he, he's electric. That's why it seems like he might be that guy who's who's poised for a breakout out in in Philly this year. Where you know, absolutely, I, I like people... him to potentially score thirty this year for sure. Especially you know, given the hot start. Yeah. Um, the one thing that helps him too, um, I might as well go next because I I have Kevin Hayes as my pickup, but. Uh, just to piggyback off of it a little bit, the one thing that helps is now Kevin Hayes is playing on the top line, and but uh, Konechny is still playing with Couturier and Oscar Lindblom on the left side. That's like I, I Lindblom looks you, great. I too. messaged you about it yesterday, D. I low key just love Philly too. Like that line to me, the three of the guys I just absolutely love, and um, they're going to be really good at five v five. And then uh, he's touching. Is, is he touching power play one right now? I believe he is. Ah, um, uh, no, because no? of uh, JVR. Okay, my bad. Yes, um, but, I, but uh, that'll Kevin be short-lived, Hay- I believe. Kevin Hayes is mine uh, from Philadelphia as well. Nineteen percent owned. Uh, Hayes has the highly coveted spot in the Flyers' top line and top power play unit. Uh, through two games, he's averaged nearly nineteen minutes per game. And the trio has dominated five v five. Obviously, extremely short or small sample size at this point, but. Uh, the early returns are pretty impressive. Uh, 63% Corsi, 4%, 64% scoring chance, 4%. Again, still super early. But uh, even with all the success that Giroux and Katria had, uh, Giroux had, sorry, with Katria as a center, uh, they, they didn't really hesitate at all to put no. Hayes up there. Um, and I think that shows just how much uh, confidence Alain Vigneault has uh, with his new pivot. Um, the Flyers also, this helps for both. Uh, Hayes and Konechny, they have one of the best schedules moving forward. Uh, I couldn't believe when I looked at this. Um, they don't have a week with two games, literally. And t- like, I didn't even look past the All Star break, but I went all Boat's the way up to the All Star well break for Carter Hart owners. And, and, yeah, you're getting every they, game. They don't have two games in a week. Not a, no, they might have back to backs. So they don't. Oh, have, okay. Like just a two game week. Oh, like, other so teams they just have, have a two nice. Games. They just three or four games nice every fill. week. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like not a single two game week until up until the All Star break. Oh well, yeah, they just played two and nine. Days exactly. Yeah, right? they got to catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the, even just for the next month though, they have three next week, four the week after, three the week after that, and four. So three, four, three. So you've gotten through that four. stretch where he's not. He's not going to yeah. play. So also. They got very a very nice schedule. Uh, I think they're just going to be a pretty dangerous team. 
um, all year. I know I had them projected to squeak back into the playoffs this year, and they should be firing on all cylinders, uh, especially, you know, after that long break, it's going to be nice to see them play a bunch of games in a, in a short period of time here. And you mentioned Hayes on power play one at center. We saw it kind of tonight with Anthony Sorelli out in Tampa. If you're winning draws on that power play, all it's taken is one back, one over, one T, and, and, and he's getting a power play point right there. And uh, like actually with Sorelli, we saw it in Tampa tonight twice. And that though that's five, six points throughout the year that you can just add on as easy face-off wins, just easy little on. points there. Um, and it bodes well for a guy you're going to grab off waiver wire. Um, we talk about loving PP1 dudes. Kevin Hayes coming in. D, who are you picking up off the wire? Uh, I think we talked enough about Philly for one episode. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about yeah, Derek. Yeah, way too much. I got one more thing to say about Philly later, but continue. Uh, Grady had a great sign the other night. Can we say that? that was Phenomenal good. on PK. Either, either way, sorry, keep going. Uh, Derek Stepan out in Arizona. Oh. Uh, I think Friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you are a Malkin owner and you just need uh, maybe an extra or a third center uh, with center or straight center eligibility, you can take that on. Uh, you should be able to pick up uh, Stepan in your league. Currently, just 11% uh, owned in Yahoo. Crazy leagues. for his usage. Mm-hmm. Centering the Coyotes' first line between Keller and Kessel, skating on the first power play unit with the two of them as well. Uh, he's averaged over 21 minutes of ice time through Arizona's first two games. They're playing again tonight, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but right around 21 minutes in both of their first two games. Uh, lack of goal scoring obviously limits his upside. That's always been the issue with Stepan, but he'll offer elite upside uh, when it comes to assist totals, so long as he's playing between Kessel and Keller. He's got one goal, no assist, seven shots on goal, and a 6.9 on ice shooting percentage through two games, so certainly a lot more upside than what he's flashed so far. That line has looked good uh, in the two games that they have played. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there for sure. And the one guy behind him, Nick Schmaltz, who was um, maybe looking at he could take some ice time, has absolutely struggled out of the gate. He even came out the other day saying, you know, things aren't quite moving the way that I thought, and that only helps Stefan. They're going to keep just yeah, giving Yeah, they've him, already, you know, like, experimented moving Schultz, uh, yeah. or Schmaltz, sorry, yeah. uh, to the wing. So I, I really don't think there's a threat to take Stefan's spot on that yeah. top line, and they seem pretty content, uh, at least to start the year, to really give the you know the three of them, Keller, Stefan, and Kessel, a real shot at uh, being a stagnant first line, which is what you really love to see, and I, I think it would really bode well for Stefan's production over a full 82. He's a guy in DFS that I think you can play for under 5,000 a night that's um, or around there, and he's going to help quite well. Yeah, so they're, it's just a good line to target right now they're pretty uh reasonably priced you can put them in with a lot of other top lines uh, you just got to be careful with the matchups obviously whenever you're talking about playing the coyotes but uh certainly a lot more upside here for step than than we've seen uh really since his days as as a ranger um yeah so i wrote actually a little piece about fantasy uh replacements for malkin step on was one of them uh struggled a little bit last year but prior to that this guy had five straight 50 plus point seasons averaged 18 goals and 41 assists poor man's david Krejci. 59 points per 82 games over that span. Uh, a couple other guys, I know we don't have time to talk about all of them, but uh, in a little bit maybe shallower leagues, Nico Heischer, uh, he was 47% owned at the time I wrote it, uh, playing the top line with Taylor Hall. Uh, Rupe Hintz, 46% yep. owned at the time I wrote it, he looks fantastic, just can't <sighs> so stop good. scoring yeah. goals. Uh, a guy that we liked as a sleeper potential breakout player this year. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk was on there. He's also on IR now, so forget about him. Eric Howla has looked fantastic in Carolina. His Hello. usage is Hello. is insane. He is playing net front on their top power play unit. He seems to just always find the puck on his stick in front of the net on the power play. He's been red hot to start the season. And uh, Cody Glass, but I know, uh, Biebs, you want to talk a little bit more about him later in the show. Uh, let's talk about some D replacements. Uh, D, we'll go back to you for the Ds here. Yeah, there aren't a whole lot of defensemen available on the wire. Um, I guess at the own percentage that we'd normally look at that I'd really want to roster full-time. 
I think if, you know, some of the guys that we're not going to talk about right now, if they're not available, you're probably going to want to look at streaming the position. Um, but I'll throw out a pair of guys that are owned in at least less than half of Yahoo standard leagues right now. And hopefully one of them will be available in your league. If you need help on the back end, uh, Alex Edler currently 49% owned his usage remains sky high this season, over 25 minutes a game through the team's first three games. He's got two goals, no assists, nine shots on goal so far this season. Uh, Excellent fourth defenseman to have. Certainly worth rostering so long as he's on the top power play unit with Pedersen, Besser, and Horvat. Uh, just a really good spot to be. His usage was really consistent all of last season, so I feel really good about his floor moving forward. Uh, I think he deserves to be rostered, like I said, especially if you're looking for a fourth defenseman. I think he's the primary pickup right now if he's available. Uh, and then Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, talk about surprises. He's a pleasant surprise so far. Yeah, absolutely. Currently owned in 46% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, seen a much larger role in Tampa than we really anticipated. He's playing over 22 minutes a night. Seen plenty of usage in all situations, including on the team's second power play unit. Still a terrific puck mover from the back end. Uh, and obviously, given all the talent around him, he should continue to produce at a respectable rate. Assuming he continues to see that kind of ice time, you're going to want to monitor that closely. Uh, two goals, one assist, 11 shots on goal through three games for Shattenkirk. 13.5 on ice shooting percentage, so the point per game pace. Uh, obviously a little bit unrealistic for Shattenkirk at this point. Uh, but I think he can get back to the 45-50 point pace he put up for so many years in St. Louis. Really just seems like they're not ready uh, to hand off more ice time to Sergachev. And uh, Shattenkirk's going to be the biggest uh, beneficiary. Uh, yeah, benefactor. You got it. Of that. Yeah, Shattenkirk um, is someone who just thrives offensively, terrible defensively. And that, I mean, we don't care. It's fantasy hockey. So that bodes quite well for him. Um I decided to attack two as well, but with my first one, I went with someone who's probably not available in many of your leagues unless you're in a 10-man league, especially after tonight, but it's Oscar Clefbaum out in Edmonton. I just had to talk about this guy. Not enough love for him across leagues right now. 50% owned. We talked about loving people who play with Connor McDavid, especially on the power play, and this is the power play quarterback at the back end Songs in Edmonton. Saw a bomb tonight that just got through... Yep. And then shot so hard that it just went through the goalie. And then there's Connor to tap it home. And who knows? Maybe Zach Casson will be there. The guy's at a goal per game pace. Windsor alert um, in more ways than one. Grew up, played for. Anyway, sorry, I'm just going off here. <laughs> but um, Clef Bombs thrive so far. Before tonight, he had four assists in three games, six shots on net. And that's including a game where he didn't even put one on there. We've seen him put up a ton of shots year, um, years in a row. He had t- above 200. Um, the two years before last, last year, I mean, it was just <laughs> a down year for everyone. And the 66 games. Just wild. <laughs> so we know what he's capable of, and we know if put in the right usage, what he can do. And this is a guy where um, I, I think with those secondary apples, he could just be a great addition to your team and someone who might not even, you might grab him and think he's a president for Nate Schmidt, and he might just become Nate Schmidt on your team and take over that roster spot. Um, I like Clef Bomb a lot, but again, 50% owned in Yahoo League, so he might not be out there. People might be on the ball. Added on that another one. assist and another three shots tonight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and, and, and he's ripping bombs on that on that back end with passes from Connor. I mean, that it's gonna it's gonna be dangerous. But the second one here, someone who I never thought I'd be suggesting in fantasy, at least not for a while, but it's Neil Pionk out in out in Winnipeg. This guy's no average, other defense. Yeah, him. that's exactly what it is. Um, we talked. We talk about guys being in situations where they just they have to play heavy minutes, um, like any other forwards in Ottawa that we've suggested, anything like that. Pionk just falls right into that. Um, the other night, Morrissey was out, and Pionk was literally maybe uh, he actually looked pretty decent. He was maybe the one bright oh, spot he's on solid the back for end. Sure. Yeah, twenty. He's averaging twenty five minutes on ice right now. 
Um, again, usage is great for fantasy. He's got two goals and one assist through their first couple of games out there. He's going to absolutely destroy your plus minus. That's okay. I love guys that do that apparently. Um, and, and he, he, he is an offensive forward who's going to, he can step in on their power play, kind of just be an option out there at 15% owned across all Yahoo leagues. He's just a guy where in deep leagues, he he's going to be better than most of the demon that you're grabbing as a lot of guys are probably grabbing fifth or sixth demons on teams. Um, for now, at least ride Pionk while you can. I don't hate it. Um, also, Morrissey might be going in another lineup. And when Morrissey is out, Pionk actually... He's just the number one defenseman. He's phenomenal to have um, in there. Yeah, you want him. Um, they're they're heavy stacked offensively. There's a lot of things right in Winnipeg. As bad as their blue line is bad, their offense can drive the play. Line and it looks phenomenal. Yeah, and if they're right losing 7-6 and Pionk's getting three assists because he <laughs> passed the puck up to Wheeler, who then dished it over to Line, who then tossed him in the back of the net, you're not complaining too much. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like Pionk more than I like a lot of uh, the guys floating around there anywhere between the 40 to 0% um, ownage. So for me, uh, keep an eye on Neil. I think he's going to do well. We uh, we talk about, now, uh, or we don't talk about banger leagues very often. Um, but this guy also has 11 hits through four games. That's a 225 hit pace. So he's not a you, big body. Either, if you're so one it's kind of, those, of crazy uh, that he's throwing rig like that. Yeah. I had 138 hits last year. So he's definitely upped it a little bit this year playing yeah. as much as he has. And, but uh, his teammate there, Billy probably worth, uh, how do you say the name? Billy Hynola, I think. Yeah. So probably worth Hynola, mentioning Hynola. as well, uh, for deeper leagues while we're on the topic, uh, seen a lot of power play time. Yep. Uh, right now he's, you know, <laughs> 18-year-old defenseman was literally just drafted 20th overall back in June. He looks good. He's playing 20 minutes a night, too. Yeah. Playing a lot more than we, we usually see out of rookie defenseman. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of upside to be had there. He's got uh, a goal and two assists through four games so far. It's so um, rare to see a defenseman that young come in and play that much. Like yeah. they don't really have a choice. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, crazy the like, reins they've given him. I don't know. Like to... if he keeps like if he if he p- p- continues to play this well, like he has to stay on the team. I think that Dahlstrom pickup was phenomenal too. That's, that's pretty, a, it was a yeah. solid pickup. I would have well. preferred Christian. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got about what four or five games left now to make a decision on Hynola. And if Buff I think he doesn't come gone. back before then, I, I think he has to. Stay, There's right? no way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sammy, he had 14 him. points in 32 games playing with men uh, in Finland last year. Grown men. Also Grown had four, Finnish four Vikings. <laughs> it's seven playoff yeah, games. Yeah, I think about a half a point per game uh, pace is probably about best case scenario for yeah, him. Yeah, we talk about how rookie defensemen rarely yeah. uh, contribute at a high fantasy level, but bottom of the roster for you know, a couple weeks, keeper leagues Big for time. sure. Yeah, yeah, and offensive upside, potential to sneak on that top power play unit if Morrissey misses time or, you know, if just yeah. the Morrissey, you know, doesn't quite look like the fit there. He hasn't really played there much or at mm-hmm. least for a long Early. period of time in his career. And in banger leagues, with these guys just getting those random minutes, like we're seeing with Pionk, I mean, he's going to get random hits here and there because he just finds himself in that situation. That's like probably come, why his numbers are off up. the ice tonight. Absolutely. And then you get the block <laughs> shots too, just because you're standing in front of one on accident um, in general. Uh, definitely two guys to keep an eye on. That's, yeah, the guy yeah. I want to talk about is actually in pretty much the exact same situation. Uh, Philip Ronick or Heronik. Uh, from Detroit, 24% owned right now. Uh, Heronix developed into a top pair defenseman, at least in Detroit, uh, averaging 22, <laughs> great. Point, uh, 22 minutes, Bias 23 aside. seconds per game so far this season. Uh, he has one goal, two assists, three points in three games to start the season. Um, that was coming into tonight. I'm not sure what he added tonight. Uh, let me just pull it up really quick and see if he had anything to add. He didn't, piece of shit. Um, so three points through four games now. 
Um, but Dennis Chalowski has a spot on the top power play unit strictly because he's left-handed. Uh, they like that configuration a little bit more. Uh, but Hronik's seen ample power play time himself uh, through three games. He's, he's seen uh, three minutes and 40 se- seconds per game uh, on the power play. So he's not really... Uh, he's come out and seen some ice time uh, with the top unit here and there. Uh, he might be one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. Uh, a lot of people don't really even know who he is. He, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. He play, oh, you know, he's, step back on that He's one. fantastic. We got to step in and slow this guy down a bit. Um, but anyways, <laughs> hard, accurate shot. Most underrated. Uh, with his usage, show. he could easily turn that into 10 goals this year. Uh, and the Red Wings... I feel uh, as like, where is he in line for power play time? Like, yeah, they have like, him like, probably behind Green off. and Chalowski. He's number two right now. Like he's ahead of Green. Like they're just they don't really just don't seem care to, anymore. Right? Yeah, this is like whatever. Like Green <laughs> rebuild. Has, you're fine. But no, like Ronick is like clearly their like top offensive option. Like like I said, uh, Chalowski's only there because of you know what hand he plays. But um, who knows how long that lasts? Like Ronick sure. is really their top uh, offensive option at this point. So 24 percent owned, shoots the puck a ton. Um, Again, great shot. I just think that there's a lot of room. I mean, the Red Wings aren't going to be very good this year, but we've already seen uh, them be able to to put the puck in the back of the net uh, mm-hmm. so far. So, would you rather have him or Pionk? I'd rather have uh, Hronik. I, I own Hronik in a couple of leagues yeah. over him. So, uh, I think he's a you know solid number four fantasy yeah. defenseman. I think he'll be solid this year. Let's say someone like Ivan I was Provorov. Would you put him above someone like that? Some uh, uh, a forty you know, to fifty percent owned floater. I think so. Yeah, I would right now. Provorov plays a ton. Um, but I think that Goss's Bear seems to have such a firm hold on that number one unit, and uh, I think that Ronick could move up to the number one in Detroit. They're both pretty much the same. I like to, they just it's hard really with that much usage to for either one of them yeah. to really disappoint. I I just think that um, I just knew you love Provorov. So although I, uh, I do, I just I, I see think where Provorov, we here. Provorov has just so much more competition. Uh, they actually have some competent defense on that team. Guys who can skate. Detroit, not so much. Yeah. Uh, but all right. Let's talk about our biggest disappointments. We just got finished talking about guys we like so far in the early uh, portion of the season. Let's talk about our biggest disappointments through the first week of the season. Uh, D, we'll go back to you here for this one. All right. I'm going to throw a Windsor alert under the bus here. Uh, huh. Joel Quenville. Huh. We talked about the Florida Panthers under head coach Windsor Alert Bob Bugner last season uh, and how their usage really couldn't get any better from a fantasy hockey perspective. No. Uh, Bugner leaned heavily on the top six forwards last year and the top four defensemen for that matter, helping keep really as many as nine skaters relevant in standard fantasy league last year, which is uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, Even we like that. Some of the best teams in the league uh, can't boast those kind of numbers. Uh, and, you know, I... I we talked about it. I talked about it a lot. Uh, really, some concern and worry in the preseason with Quenville now taking over. Uh, basically, you know, it, it was obvious that any sort of change to how Florida doles out their ice time, uh, it's going to have negative fantasy ramifications, particularly with how the forwards are deployed. Uh, just because, like I said, it was optimal usage last year, and far I guess in terms of getting uh, as much production as you can out of your top five or six forwards. Uh, and lo and behold, just a week into the season, Quenville has already become a serious threat to the team's overall fantasy value. He's opted for a more balanced approach with the lineup. Uh, it's resulted in a drop in ice time across the team's entire top six group of forwards. Most recently, experiment, experimented with uh, Dadnov on the fourth line of practice yesterday. Uh, Dadnov was back up on the third line with Malgin and Howerlick today, uh, but it just cast so much doubt over what was seemingly a safe bet on draft day. Dadnov, and you could say the same as about really any of those wingers. Can't even call him probably safe for Huberto. Uh, Huberto seems to be in Quenville's good books at least to start the season. Yeah. I think we'll see Huberto and Barkov 
uh, kind of uh, be the staple of that top line for most of the season. Uh, and obviously Hoffman's gotten off to a really hot start, but all those guys still seen less ice time than they did a year ago. I think if Dadnov is jumping up and down the lineup, uh, he's obviously not going to be able to produce anywhere near the rate he did last year uh, when he was stapled next to Barkov on the top line. Uh, you can go you know, just down and down the lineup, Keith Yandel playing something like 18 minutes a night, uh, a huge drop off from what we saw from him a year ago, still on the top power play in it and still worth owning because of that. It's going to be a very good unit all season. Uh, but just a lot of concern, you know, it's again, I don't know if it was the most effective way uh, to win hockey games, to load up on your top six and your top four and rely on them as much as Bugner did, but it certainly uh, produced some friendly uh, results in fantasy hockey. And that's just really not going to be there this year with Quinville. And I think it's, uh, it's a it's real a concern. Across yeah, no, the board. I, I agree. Like we, we voiced our concern about this. It was a, it was a real, uh, worry spot for us coming yeah. into the season. And it's and not it's, even as much to do with Quimble as in general, as much as, like I said, it was optimal last year. So any sort of changes were going to have negative effects on the player's fantasy value. Yeah. Um, like Dadunov, Barkov, Hubert were so good last year. It's really disappointing to see. Uh, I think though, the one positive to come out of this uh, is I think this is a decent spot to potentially buy low on a guy like Dadunov and just hope that he gets moved back up there. Uh, maybe it'll cost you. Find him on the waiver wire at this point. Yeah, maybe. I, I know, like, when I tweeted out the, the line blender there yesterday, people were freaking out about it. One guy really More people lost freaked his mind. out than people who show up to games. Yeah, yeah I know. That was wild, that picture. Oh, I saw. my God. That was ridiculous. Um, but I'm just going to piggyback off that one a little bit because my biggest disappointment early on is Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, the Panthers signed him to a $70 million contract, so they can't be overly thrilled. Uh, with the 859 save percentage they've gotten in return through three games. Um, you can call it a disappointment for sure, uh, but it's hardly surprising, to be honest with you. He had a nearly identical 860 save percentage through six games last, or sorry, through three games last year, and then had an 872 save percentage through six games. Um, he also had an 850 save percentage in the first three games of 2016 as well. Uh, so he has been kind of notorious of, you know, of a slow starter. Your first three games being against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and Carolina, as hot as they are to start the season, certainly doesn't help either. Um, so while it's a disappointing early return, I'm not worried at all uh, about Bobrovsky. I think he's still going to be a very serviceable number one uh, fantasy netminder. I think he can definitely uh, still easily be a number or top five, potentially still a top three fantasy netminder. But early on, not the greatest, uh, not the greatest look for the guy who signed a seven-year, ten million AAV contract but again tough matchups and this is just kind of his thing yeah great buy low candidate let's say that much at least yeah, I'd be firing off about as many trades as possible for him right now yeah. but I think I think other owners are smart enough to you know a guy you maybe spent a what a third or fourth round pick on as your <sighs> number one goalie and just getting rid of him you'd hope um yeah but uh also someone who you might have spent way too high of a pick on um I got out in San Jose Kevin LeBanc Letting a lot of us down, especially the boys at the DFO podcast. Uh, We're extremely high on this guy coming in the season. Why wouldn't you be? He was expected to slot in the top line with with friend of the show, our boy Timo Meyer. I don't know if he's friend of the show. He's been a disappointment. And Logan Couture. Actually, all of San Jose really has been, but I'm going to let D go crazy on that after I'm done here uh, ripping on our boy Kevin. He's been so bad that they decided, you know what, we're going to go sign... 38-year-old or 37-year-old Patrick Marlowe to, well a, to a one-year deal. At this point. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go get a fossil, plug it in the lineup, and it's going to do better than you, Kevin. On pace uh, for 150 goals. Yeah, after his two tonight. But yeah, um, with zero points through four games, LeBanc just 
it got to the point where I had to make a, uh, a a tweet today just saying, hold on to Kevin, guys. Just don't let him go yet. He's going to be okay. He it, he is on top of uh, – uh, sorry, he, he's, he plays the – I guess the the fourth forward on the San Jose San Jose one, which bodes well from still. I think that he is still a player you want on your fantasy team, even though you see him lining up on their third line currently. Um, as we've seen with San Jose over the years, they love to move LeBanc in and out of the top six. Barkley Goudreau has the spot on the line above him. I don't think that's I, I don't think Barkley Goudreau's stealing that spot from LeBanc. Um, He's terrible. Yeah, he is. And <laughs> one thing we wanted from Kevin coming in this year was a bit more shots to go with, you know, his his, his above average assist numbers. And it just seems like we're not going to get that this year, um, especially if he's being played in as the ninth forward instead of the third. Um, stay stay strong with LeBanc here. Definitely keep him on your roster for what you paid for him on draft day since people, I think, went a lot higher than they should have. But overall, he's been a huge disappointment. Just please don't drop We were him talking yet. about that. Like... When we started doing our previews, we saw just him just climb up the Flying. ADP. And then by the time like it was all said and done. I know. He's going to pick like 100th overall. And I was like, ooh. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. That's not, he's not that like good. Yeah. You I do think they're. You want him as a sleeper breakout guy. You yeah. don't want him as like your, you know, yeah. ninth round pick. Or yeah. I think with LeBanc and much of San Jose, I think there is some underlying numbers to at least be happy about. Yeah. Uh, it's going to change. playing over yeah. 19 minutes a night Huge. so far. Yeah. Uh, that's over five minutes more than what he saw last season. The minus seven. That's yeah. Not and it is going to help his shot totals. He's already got 13 in four games. Yeah. So, um, you know, had 130 last year that put him on pace for almost 250, right? Three shots a game. So, uh, promising start as far as that's concerned. Well, uh, and that's yeah, what I we think were it talking just flows about, right? with the like, whole team. It's yeah. just a matter of they've been struggling as a yeah. whole. So the bank has been as well. Yeah, and that's what I have as my disappointment when, too. Yeah. To at least uh, through this first week of the season, like, again, I don't think they're going to continue terrible. to disappoint. But I got the San Jose Sharks. A goal on a three shots tonight for the bank too. Yeah, so the shot volume keeping pace is, yeah. is, uh, is for impressive. sure. For sure. And uh, you know, uh, tonight I think it's four four right now. So apologies. We're not going to be completely up to date by the time this comes out in the morning. Uh, but heading into tonight, you know, the Sharks did look lost to start the year. Uh, Corsi percentage is still good. Uh, a, a little bit about not quite, I guess, used to what we're used to seeing from them. Two games um, against the Golden Knights will do that to you, though. But, yeah, still yeah. above positive. Not the easy. real issue so far is just not generating a whole lot of chances off that possession. Uh, 45.6 scoring chance for percentage, 42.8 high danger chance for uh, at 5v5. Uh, and that really is a recipe for disaster when you consider their goaltending. San Jose is a team that needs to dominate play at even strength in order to be successful. Uh, their 5v5 save percentage of 87.06 right now, uh, currently the second worst in the entire NHL. Uh, I, I think we all still expect this team to be a lot better, but we may have underestimated the effect Pavelski leaving would have on a team. Uh, it seems to have taken a serious toll on their depth. A uh, bit of a trickle-down effect going there. You see guys like Barclay Goodrow being called upon to play top six minutes now. Uh, I wonder if we don't see before too long Thornton creep back up into the top six and one of uh, Couture or Hurdle back to the wing. Yeah, I, I think it's a real possibility. We called for it a lot last year. Yeah, I just don't think he's Pavelski. a third-line center. Um, it, it's just awkward right now. They're trying to stretch the lineup, um, and again, I just don't think it's really there at this point. They did lose some depth in the offseason when you look at it. Uh, and again, yeah, on top of LeBanc, who obviously Beeb's already talked about, 
some other sharks who have really struggled out of the gate. Uh, again, this is all before tonight. Uh, Eric Carlson, no goals, one assist in three games played. Defined struggles. Reminiscent of last year. Yeah, 57.9 Corsi 4 percentage, a 4.8 on ice 3 percentage. So certainly better days to come for Carlson, but uh, disappointing for people that take him with a second or third round pick, obviously, to start the year. Uh, Timo Meyer, our boy, got to talk about it. No goals, no assists in four games. 11 shots on goal. Yeah, he going to uh, be all right. Again, slightly above average Corsi, 52.1. Uh, anyone want to take a guess at Timo's on ice shooting percentage? Three point one. It's a donut. Give zero point zero. Oh, oh, I was giving him like, yeah, maybe so like a five. I imagine know. probably not gonna last over the I'm, course of four seasons. I didn't even know right? that it was even possible. Yeah. I thought you started That's the definition of five. Bitten, yeah. So Timo Meyer, uh, in case you know guys aren't entirely familiar with on ice shooting percentage, has not been on. For a 5v5 goal for, uh, and that's despite having the puck over 52% of the time, or his team having the puck when he's on the ice anyway. So, so that's an anomaly. Uh, obviously going to change, you know, anomaly. not a pretty, you know, in, intense streak of bad luck so far to open the season for the Sharks, Meyer in particular. Thomas Hurdle, uh, again, no goals, no assists in four games. Uh, same stat line as Meyer, 11 shots on goals. 50.8 CF percentage, 6.9 on a super percentage. Nice from Thomas Hurdle. Uh, still well below average and well below what you expect out of a team as talented as San Jose. Nice. Uh, so maybe not quite as good as we were thinking in the preseason, but still a lot better than what we've seen so far from the team in general. And I'd be patient with all these guys right now. And as you mentioned, um, stats aren't going to be totally up to date uh, because Meyer had it in assist. Uh, got his first assist tonight. Uh, three shots on goal. Uh, still a period left to go. Uh, Couture assist and Eric Carlson assist as well. Um, so and Myers assist come. did come at even strength. Yes. So on a yeah. percentage above zero. There he is. <laughs> but uh, maybe there's three point two now. Um, the one thing too, uh, Meyer obviously seen a ton more ice times. LeBanc seen a ton more ice time. The things we were talking about, things we were calling yes. for, hoping to see, and, and, and those are positives. Um, Obviously, thing, you'd much rather see that than LeBanc. You know, have four points in four games, but he's still playing 13 minutes yes, a night, absolutely. and his on-ice shooting percentage yep. is 25, percent right? Like, it's a lot more promising for the course of a full season. Uh, and I think you really got to be patient with basically San Jose as a whole right now. Like I said, it's only been uh, two periods tonight, but I think the real issue for them right now too is goaltending. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. Through Martin uh, Jones isn't great. This was going to be this kind of game, though, right? Through two teams their, that are. Uh, Incredible at creating offense, not great at limiting chances against, and just poor. poor and Aaron goals. Dell was in that. Sure, ever. but they've given up 1.55 goals per period so far. This That's not good. That's not good. Period. And they just scored again. 5-4. So, uh, yeah. Oh, no. I have one more. Sorry. Say, I, I'm also I've hanging got, on a... I've a got the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we talked about it quickly. Uh, I think the Coyotes are going to become maybe the new Carolina Hurricanes, a team uh, we expect good things out of, uh, a team capable of winning a lot of games, a team that is capable of making the playoffs if all goes well, a team with good underlying numbers. A team that maybe gets a uh, weird but, slogan but probably, and just overuses it. Sorry, yeah. keep going. A team that will probably you know have all those things but fall short of our expectations for the next couple of years perhaps, or at least in the immediate future here, similar to what we went through with Carolina for uh, two or three years. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Arizona, like we said, scored just one goal in their first two games this season. Season, despite averaging 34 shots per game. It's a nice goal. Uh, there will be better days ahead <laughs> this season. It was uh, nice. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes somewhat a theme of this year. Uh, as of right now, though, they are up one nothing against Vegas. So um, they have two goals in the year. So um, I, I think, like you said, there, there should be better days ahead. I really have high hopes for that top line. I have high hopes for uh, players like Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, Darcy Kemper just looks, I shit on him and I apologize. I, hey, I, didn't, I didn't shit on him, but I was just like, I, 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 you just I, still, him I just sure. love anti-ranta so much that I had to throw some Too shade much. and oh my God, 
Kemper looks phenomenal. So that's going to be a straight platoon. I I have ranted in too many leagues. I've, yeah. I've officially decided. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's going to hurt, yeah. Uh, but who's your last disappointment here before we head over to someone that's not a disappointment? Yeah, you, you kind of focus on a sleeper team that's still sleeping, and I think I'm in the same boat here. Um, I've got New Jersey Devils as a whole. Um, this is a team where I, as well as many of us, uh, we expect the Devils to come out young, hungry, kind of on fire, especially for a team you know that comes that represents hell, uh, but they've been absolutely terrible, <laughs> especially their goaltending, um, which makes me feel great because I absolutely shat on Corey Schneider before the season started, it. and it seems like that's kind of working out for, you know. Yeah, but you also love Mackenzie Blackwood more hell than yeah. any human on earth, and yeah. he looks He's been too. terrible. Um, regardless, just don't touch New Jersey goalies right now. Yeah, D. Um, a <laughs> hey, 5-4 loss to a weak, weak uh, not weak Winnipeg team, but to a... A team that was kind of, it seemed like in shambles to start the year. They're just kind of figuring out life, what is a back end. Um, a 7-2 whomping by Buffalo over the weekend. And then finally a 4-0 slaughter the other night um, at the hands of Carter Hart, shutting them out. Mm-hmm. Um, we had huge fantasy hopes for guys like Nikita Gusev. He has one assist as a minus two. Jack Hughes has not recorded a point yet to start his career. And then P.K. Subban with one assist over there. Also, Taylor Hall, someone who has we kind of expect you know him to come out flying to start the year. We loved, we love that line of him, Heisher, and realistically whoever would go there, Palmieri, um, whoever. Yeah. Uh, but Hall has two assists. Regardless, something that's going to change though. He has 14 shots through those three games. So I mean, a guy's not going to put up 14 through three games and not score often we've got one assist for our sleep one of our sleepers nico Heischer, and somebody brock suggested picking up now is the time to go after this guy I still think he's in for a huge year um this team as a whole seems to be just trying to figure it out blake coleman pickles <laughs> as some of them call him is really the only guy who's figured it out over there he's got two goals one assist including one with one hand that was a sick oh gino God, good uh at that he's gonna do his I classic think, yeah. make you want to roster him but you probably shouldn't other than that though realistically nothing on this team has gone right yet and that's gonna change we saw them go to a crazy overtime today with edmonton taylor hall go between taylor the legs. hall attempt to go between the legs and keep his goal scoring number at zero so apparently he's got 14 shots but for all we know it could be 14 between the leg shots at this rate um but yeah new jersey you let me down we thought you were gonna be great so but I, you know, to Come be on. honest with you, um, I, I said that everybody ranked P.K. Subban too high, so I love this start for him. He's been ranked too high uh, And years. I also said that Quinn Hughes is going to be the better Hughes brother this season when it comes to fantasy, and so far I look really yeah, anyone good Anyone was there. skeptical of Jack Hughes. It, it was me over here. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, you, you, you hated you him more wanna, than me. You guys want to guess Jack Hughes' Corsi, uh, Corsi 4 percentage through the first 42.7. If he's hitting the 30s, I'm going to start dying laughing. 34.7. Oh, no! No. R.I.P. Who, who would have uh, thought he'd maybe just be a little undersized at age 18? Who would have thought um, he might actually be on a 10-game trial right now? At this rate. Can you imagine? That'd be crazy. Um, but yeah, so his brother, like I said, going to be more fantasy relevant this year. So far, so good in that respect. He had a bomb the other night to score his first yeah. career goal. Not looking good for Hughes, but I mean, if the team keeps struggling, I'm sure he's just going to get an unwarranted shot at playing on the top line with Hall, so that could definitely turn a season around. Uh, but going to have to do a better job at holding on to the puck, just getting ragdolled out there right now. Tossed around. Um, all right, before we throw it over to the Blue Stones, just a quick word from our sponsor. Uh, Oddshark.net is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Oddsharks.net has that too, and it's all free. What? Uh, expert in-depth oh. analysis, stats, numbers, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. 
Whether you want to get in on the football action, tonight's hockey game, or anything in between, head over to oddshark.net and start playing like a shark today. It's the Um, best Brock's read in years. I don't know how to read. Uh, But anyways, enjoy the Blue Stones. When we get back, we will talk about some weekend streamers and our biggest surprises from the first week of the hockey season. So enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in 60 seconds. The LA Kings are the biggest not surprise. Five, episode nine of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. Hope you enjoy those tunes from the Blue Stones. Yeah. Uh, catch them on Spotify, Apple Music, and Sportsnet, apparently. Yeah, new yeah. track tomorrow comes yeah. out, and which tomorrow will be Friday. Before the Leaf game on First Sportsnet one they've today. left out, or they've released in a couple of years, so this yeah. is big. They didn't talk to us about that, so we'll have to have a discussion with them. Yeah, I, I did tweet <laughs> We about, should have been able to yes. like be the future release of the song that's what should have happened they should have I, I believe i honestly believe tonight on sportsnet was the first time it's been released publicly so oh, they, that, put, they played that, the new one yes oh, yes tonight on sportsnet they, took, really? they chose sportsnet yeah. over us How, what's the bigger platform pretty huge really? though you go know, D- everyone knows you go dfo podcast to sportsnet absolutely to, to what super bowl see if or what was actually the, i think the song was about the podcast so it yeah. should it should come full circle for us it's called DFO. Uh, so what are we getting to? We're doing the biggest surprises. Yes. Uh, guys that have just absolutely shocked us through the first week of the season. Whoa. Or not. Because we've called it. Just some of the biggest surprises. Maybe not that would not be a surprise. That would just not be our biggest surprise. tooting your own horn. Brock well, gonna, here, let me go first, then. We might as well just make that a segment, right? Yeah. Brock just... Toots his own horn. Yep. Brock flexing. All right, I'll do it right now. Uh, you can call him <laughs> I surprises. I you can call them surprises, but I call them sleepers because they were all my sleepers. So here we go. Oh. Meek is a bandage ad. We all, we all loved what? Meek is a bandage ad's potential. For five years now. With Panarin this year. Yet, he did <laughs> fall only. a lot yes. in draft still. Uh, and he's been a stud through two games. Dude was leading the NHL coming into Thursday despite not playing since 320 Saturday. points. Is it going to happen? No, I'm not going to say even going to say it. That's craziness. Um, the, trio, the trio of Panarin, Sabanajid, and Buchnevich looks as dangerous as we expected them to look. I'm fully ready to watch him go for 80-plus points this year. Yeah. Anthony Mantha. Soft to nice head start. Gucci, baby. Uh, we discussed how quietly dominant the Red Wings' first line was at the end of last season, How they and they have been outstanding to start this year. Uh, I pegged Mantha as one of my breakouts this year and said he was going to score 30-plus. Uh, he might score 40 at this rate. Uh, he did have a four-goal game uh, in their home opener, scored again in Montreal tonight, gives him six goals, eight points in four games. Absolutely love it. Uh, I also touted Victor Olsson <laughs> oh as uh, his sleeper. You can't talk about Olsson every week. Yeah, I'm going to because look how good he is. Uh, anyways, it's I touted, irrelevant. I touted his, his sleeper potential. crazy on a line with Eichel and Reinhardt 
and was lucky enough to get him in all three of my leagues. That made me feel good. Actually, uh, you should flex Olsen because you know what his ranking was in Yahoo before this season? 700. 900, like yes. on the dot. That's and Olsen legit, he's one of the ones where, it, you know, last year we saw... Saw him flexing. No, nice. we saw Bushnevich, you know, pop off or the year before and everyone's like, oh yeah, pick up Bushnevich and then he, and he lost it. Olsen legit has a chance to keep this just because his shot's so deadly and, and if anyone's watched that Buffalo team, on the power play, he is the Cam Atkinson to, you know, Columbus's um, power play. So you got Jack Eichel, well, actually Sam Reinhardt, consistently looking to go cross ice to Olsen. It's deadly. And that Sam looks good, too. Sam looks really that good. That's what steal, I was about baby. to say. Uh, he has a heavy, accurate shot and is averaging 3.4 shots per game in his first 10 NHL games. Give me that. Already registered four goals while playing 18 and a half minutes per night. There's so much upside here. Um, if he plays with Eichel for the whole year, he's your rookie of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's the Brock flex section of the show. Uh, who are your guys' biggest surprises through the first week, Beeps? Personally, I prefer if we just get that section out of the yeah, way. You know what I mean? God. It's like a presentation. I like to go first and yeah. just get it over. I with. hope but. that's the point when everyone's in their car when they just went to order coffee and they turn their radio yes. down a little bit for yes. about five minutes and then they come back to like, oh, Beeps is surprised. I freaking love this. So you weren't surprised at all by any of them is what or, you're saying. Or it's a section where they're just like, you know what? That's why my fucking fantasy team is winning week yeah. one. Thanks, oh. for, thanks for the the uh the, the advice so, except you're not but oh yeah could you guys could you guys hear brock talking over <laughs> him flexing so hard i there? could i couldn't <laughs> um but i went with someone who i didn't talk Killed about it. actually i actually shat on this guy before the season started so <laughs> that's why this is a surprise it's a big surprise that's why this is a surprise but uh john gibson's my surprise actually him and the whole anaheim you shat on john gibson i mean who i was not here right? for that uh, i would not have weren't i would yeah, not I have put up that's, why, that's why i knew i had that room to do it i didn't go crazy but i just well, you know, talented goaltender in the nhl i said that i, I said he I said had the too. skills i just said the team in front of him is so freaking bad very bad yeah give me look give so me the current london okay. knights roster over that Ugh. um <laughs> who silent london knights and the top CHL team ranked and well they were up until last week anyways um John Gibson uh he's been on an absolute tear to start this year mm-hmm. um as well as Anaheim which is which is crazy currently holds a 970 save percentage absolutely sustainable sustainable as we as we know who who wouldn't see that Drops um, 97. <laughs> it's honestly not a huge surprise that John Gibson's capable of doing these things um as D mentioned he is he's one of the best goalies in the league and it'd be, Dallas it, Dallas Aikens called him like legit just he's like he's everything we need because like we're not very talented <laughs> he's just the best goalie in the world and we need him you to be that every day fall back but as we've seen with goalies like Carey Price you could be phenomenal play on a shit team and you're not going to be a great fantasy goalie and that's uh that's why John Gibson's been a surprise with three wins through three games um Anaheim's only averaging 2.5 goals per game across those three that's games need. so uh <laughs> if you're only scoring two and a half goals a game you're not going to win a ton of games but apparently with John Gibson you only give up one per game they lost tonight they but did he lose. only gave up two goals he only gave up <laughs> they two. lost two ones so, so they lost to that they would have won if they would have help your yeah. splits all you now oh now bringing their goal average to two a game <laughs> uh three and one regardless anyways i don't expect the ducks to win three games in a row anymore this season so that's why this <laughs> was a, we're gonna keep tracking that's why this was an absolute <laughs> massive surprise i love to see it um john gibson it's good to see you do well but buddy you are gonna get worn out and worn out quick give me game 15 for him he's pooped you know what i you know what i like though about the whole thing is last year they didn't hesitate to go to ryan miller with some regularity and you'd think at the start of the season, you'd maybe... Like, you see a lot of... Almost every team has tried to get their backup yeah. in. And they're riding Gibson. And they'll eventually get Miller in. But, you know, he's played great. 
but if you're if you're willing to start on the first four games of the season, Aikens is gonna yeah. he could start fucking seventy games this year. He's could. not gonna, but like he's definitely gonna start sixty, maybe sixty five. Well, he's he, healthy. I think he realizes there's a lot of parity in the league, yeah. right? And it doesn't take a whole lot to go from being uh, the tenth worst team in the league to the fifteenth worst, which mm-hmm. is good enough for playoff spot, right? Yep. Uh, and you know, I, I think he just realizes that Gibson is incredibly hot to start the year. He's playing very well, so he's going to ride that as long as he can and try to squeeze as many wins as yeah. he can out of it because it's a nice head start to work with. And right? if this is your fantasy team, I mean, you're well, you're that, absolutely loving. This. And that exactly. was the thing. That, that's kind of what I was trying to get Go at. Crazy. It's like he he might not have been a guy who could win thirty games or thirty five because they're not that yeah. good. Now, but if they like start if him. As much as it looks like they could, then he suddenly becomes like so much more valuable because last year they did not hesitate to put Miller in the net. It looked like he, you know, maybe Gibson would max out at fifty five. Yeah, but uh, big surprise for you. Yeah, well, Gibson had a little more injury problems last year too. That kind of led to that. But of course, that's why they brought in Miller, right? You don't pay a guy basically more than the minimum if you don't intend on him having a larger role. Yeah, yeah. uh, than your typical backup just plays on the end of back to backs. And while they aren't very good. There are a lot of young pieces, like when you look at a Troy Terry and Andre Cash. Yeah, uh, Sam Steele. Um, There's also Sam a lot Steele, of bad teams who Max don't Jones. have one of the best goalies in the league. Exactly. Right? And <laughs> even their blue line's fair. Like their top four is The blue line's still good. The blue line's yeah. good. So there is some potential. Uh, I don't think they're going to light the world on fire, but when they go out and they win a lot of games, 3-2. Yeah. We need more shots yeah. and more goals. Um, as of right now, they're only averaging 30 shots on net compared to 33 against. So, you know, if they can kind of... Get the shots up a little bit more. Um, that's bottom bottom ten. I had a pegged for I think eighty eight points in the preseason, so like still re- relevant. It's a six point head start though, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, like they were borderline uh, playoff team, and now they're they're creeping up even that's more. What I'm saying, but uh, D biggest surprise. Uh, James Neal, we got to talk about him, right? Oh, yeah. I can't believe it took, what, I think the first half was 45 minutes. We're eight yes. minutes in here. And we so didn't even talk about the real us. deal. He is, once again, the real deal. James Neal. Or at least he was for one night. Um, obviously, I think he's got to be the biggest surprise to start the year. Our friends at uh, Oilers Nation called him the real steal. They made shirts and everything for him. The real steal. Yeah, there's a couple names out there. But, uh, sorry, D, you didn't mean to cut you off, but. I think you did, but. No, I uh, did mean to, but I did. <laughs> Uh, four goal effort against the Islanders on Tuesday in case you missed it. Uh, Neil's got six goals, no assists through Edmonton's first three games. Uh, I think as surprising as anything is the fact that he's done all that damage away from Connor McDavid, uh, playing predominantly with RNH on the second line, currently 67% owned. We're obviously expecting him to slow down, uh, considerably, but the 14 shots on goal is very encouraging. Uh, you have to assume he'll get a chance to skate with McDavid sooner than later. He's also on the top power play unit, but we haven't seen him really take advantage of that. All six of his goals have come at even strength. Um, that's a good thing, though. So yeah. all of a sudden, just looks like a guy that's worth rostering, right? And for sure, uh, absolutely, certainly thirty goal potential at this point with a six goal head start, uh, and maybe getting to play with Connor. But Zach Cassian's looked pretty good too. So uh, who knows? Obviously, there's always the chance that Leon drops down too. Well, that's New the thing. Right? The They're always trying to figure out ways to balance to this yes. lineup, and I think him with New. Is yeah. the way that you do that. It seems like there's no way he drops out of the top six. So no. him with Nuge, like honestly, if you're looking at it as far as the centerman he could have got, probably worst case scenario, and he's put up six goals in three games. So, uh, you, you know, obviously that's going to fall off, but I, I think great for Nuge. There's too. still some upside there for sure. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, I'll just go right into the next one. Uh, Dahlin looks poised for a breakout after his 44 point rookie Does he campaign. Ever called that uh, one he's piled up a remarkable seven points through Buffalo's first four games, Easy including one. a league leading coming into tonight six assists. Uh, he's done all that while playing just 18 36 at night 
Uh, and you would be right to think it's probably not sustainable. His talent is obvious when you watch him play, uh, but there's plenty of red flags in his production. For one, he's only registered five shots through four games, uh, scoring on one of them for that 20% shooting percentage. Obviously unrealistic for a defenseman over a full season. On-ice shooting percentage, sky high, 24% right now. Uh, confirming the obvious, Deline is not a 100-point player. Uh, not yet, anyway. Who knows? Not uh, yet. Not yet. <laughs> I think he's a great sell high tiger right now, but I would still expect him to settle in somewhere around 50 to 60 points. Uh, again, especially considering the head start he's got. Uh, and all, all this you know, uh, drop-off we're expecting to see could be offset if he actually sees more ice time. 18 minutes, well below what he saw last season. Uh, so very encouraging all the way around for Darlene so far. Obviously, um, just you know, he reminds me a lot of Thomas Chabot to start last year where we're like, he's good. A lot better than maybe we anticipated this early in their career, uh, but don't expect them to be a point-per-game player and move into the top-tier echelon of fantasy defensemen. Um, so, yeah, definitely shocked, though. Color me surprised uh, to see Rossman Stalin start to the season. Well, I call him a breakout this year. I, I mean, I'm a guy who it. goes first overall is a you know what's <laughs> tough what, breakout. It's good for you to say the, yeah. see that potential. What yeah, I, with, yeah, <laughs> very, very good keen eye. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know what's crazy though is I expected it to be more on the back of him playing like 24 minutes a night. Exactly right. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty impressive. And Risto, they're, they're just not looked well. Still playing 25 minutes yeah. a night. They uh, they're fucking scoring goals at will right yeah. now. They look Marcus Johansson. Pretty sure it's just Phil Helsley coaching in a mask because it's the exact same lineup as yeah. he rolled out last year. Well, it's Victor Olson for the most part. Yeah, yeah. it's Who funny. Put him on the top line. It's, yeah, oh, so it's true. funny because I actually had. I had, I had originally written up as mine. Um, Patrick Line is tied for the league lead in assists going into today, oh, and that was, that was my surprise. Yeah, uh, no, that was you, my true surprise. You go but, crazy. Well, um, no, it's just he, he had a. I think he had another goal and two assists tonight. He's just been electric. He's, everyone knows he has vision like no one else. True. Uh, I think true. I think he has two player. goals and seven assists on the season Playmaker. now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's just you know. Something that really didn't happen a lot last year, because Kyle Connor did play very well, was he just didn't get a chance on the top line. Nope. Ever since being moved to that top line, he's done all this damage. He yeah, looks he still great. played at least like 10, 15 games there and did yeah, not just, look great last well, year. Well, I think he had the quote the other day that basically just said, like, hey, like, uh, honestly, like, the whole contract thing was just in my head. Like, he was, like, trying too hard or squeezing the sickle too hard. And oh, good just... thing that next year's another contract year and he's not going to do it again. Also, Fortnite, not nearly as popular as it was a year ago. Um, have to think Lionel's probably spending a little less time playing video games. Yeah, Anyone? yeah. True. Anyone? True. He's got new I'm things, just though. But it, it is way less popular than it was last year. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about weekend streamers before we head out of here, unless you guys have any more surprises. No, I'm no big, more surprises. Big streamer. All right. Streaming no on surprises. the weekend, guy. Weekend streamers, uh, Beebs, we'll start with you. On a weekend. Um, so I'm gonna. Uh, you mentioned him earlier in the show. Um, Cody Glass out in Vancouver, or not Vancouver, Vegas. Vegas. I wish Van- Vancouver wishes they had Cody Glass. Anyways, currently 16% owned across Yahoo leagues. One goal, one assist, seven shots through three games. But where this guy really stands out to me, um, true fantasy potential. It stands on his wings. He's currently playing alongside. Or centering Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, two guys who we see, we've seen be fantasy very fantasy relevant over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Max Pacioretty falling off the board, but still friends eight, of the show. Too. Friends of the show for sure. Max Pacioretty, absolute sniper. Um, guys who should be able to give glass plenty of assists. And again, these are just people you're looking for for the weekend. What I really love about Glass this weekend is they have a game on Saturday and Sunday. We're talking Calgary and L.A. Common theme this year, I'm thinking, attack the shit out of L.A. That team is terrible. Not to mention that team's going to be on a back-to-back as well. 
Well, so, that means that Jack Campbell might that play. Mean, that, that, <laughs> Their I, best goal. That's funny. Play. I actually had that written that the one thing that could maybe hold back him having about a three-point night on Sunday is if Jack Campbell starts. But I'm hoping Jack Campbell gets to see Saturday just give quick a break after that eight-goal shelling the other night. I was just going to say, if, they play, if, if Vegas plays Jonathan Quick, they're putting up a 10 spot. Oh, absolutely. Like, a touchdown if and not, a field If goal. not more. Yeah, they're going to do that. And I think Cody Glass could just be standing there the whole time helping. Yeah. Also... Power play two time for Cody Glass, so that that yeah. bodes well. That's a little bit of bonus fantasy stuff. Someone who I think you could plug into your lineup if you're in one of the leagues that is super super deep. Cody Glass, is someone you got to keep an eye on. Yeah. If you're in a keeper league though, this is someone you you need. That's you what need. I mean. Yeah, I love him. I love his short term value right now. Obviously yeah. in keeper leagues as well. The real question is what's going to happen when Cody Eakin comes exactly, back into the yeah. lineup because uh, he's you know basically been be labeled as the third line center for the last. Uh, basically since the franchise's inception. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Stastny's been playing third line. That's why it's opened yeah. up that spot for Glass on the second line. Uh, so, yeah, don't really yeah. know what's going to happen. It's, it's a good weekend. hard to get a read. Uh, maybe they just end up playing their fourth line a little bit more than usual and have Eakin center the fourth. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Brock, what do you think is going to happen when Eakin comes back? Uh, it's hard to say. Like, I, I think that if Glass continues to play well, he could probably stick, but... Um, I think the guy who's most likely to be on is like a guy like Piri or Zykoff. Like that'd be the first ones to really fall out of the lineup. Right, yeah. but I mean, but if I don't Eakin know who goes back, to, if Eakin goes back to uh, third line center, Stastny's not going to be centering the fourth line. Yeah, got to go. No, no, no. I think ideally you play uh, Eakin on the fourth line. Be, I just don't know if Galan yeah. has it in him. I just think that maybe like somebody like Nosek maybe is gone. Uh, or, or for sure, I'm more just worried like about Glass's uh, spot on that second no, line because I, 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 I in redraft me, leagues I drop him as soon as he's off the second line. Right? Oh, absolutely. To me, he is either on that second line or he's not, or he's not on the roster. No, absolutely. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I don't think he's going to center their third line. Like, they're, they're he's going to play with Pacioretty it. or Stone, or he's not on the roster. Mm-hmm. To, in my opinion, I think that this. I think it's going to be definitely a short... not the fourth line anyway. Like, Eakin no. needs to be the fourth line center for this at all to work. If you had William Carlson, Cody Glass, Paul Stastny, and Cody Eakin as your four centers, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't know if they're ready for it's that. A filthy minutes. Uh, you know, it's not. Give me Cody Glass in two years. Yeah, not the most traditional move from Gallant. It'd probably be a little. You know. Yeah, he's a short-term ad and uh, keeper league for sure. Stash. Uh, yeah, and then keep an eye on the usage once Eakin returns. Um, I'll go now. I'm going to talk about a pair of goalies. Uh, Cam Talbot's the first one. Uh, the Flames play Vegas on Saturday, so looks like David Riddick will probably see that game. Uh, and then Cam Talbot should go against the Sharks on Sunday. Uh, still not the best matchup, but even if you're just looking to make a push for wins at the end of the week or just a prayer for goalie categories, Talbot should get the start uh, against the struggling San Jose team. Obviously did better tonight against the Blackhawks. Uh, and then sticking with that same theme, Vegas, uh, Malcolm Subban, Played tonight, got the win. They're down three one. Did not get the win. Did not get the win. Doesn't seem like he's going to get the win. Uh, <laughs> but Vegas, like I just said, plays Calgary on Saturday. Uh, after Subban plays tonight, you have to assume Flurry plays that Saturday game, and then they get the awful, awful Kings that B's already alluded to on Sunday. So bad. Uh, so Subban against the Kings on Sunday, even with his team on the tail end of a back to back, gotta love that start. Uh, I picked him up tonight. Gonna hang on to him for that Sunday start as well. Um, not the best goaltender, certainly could hurt your split. So if you've got a slim margin and save percentage of goals against, you're going to want to be careful with Subban. Uh, but if you're looking to make a push in either of those categories or wins if you need it to swing the, uh, your matchup, uh, Subban's a great bet to get the win against the Kings on Sunday. Um, 
I keep going. I can say last one. I don't know what you want to do. Well, I, I, I was going to piggyback off that a little bit because sure. I just, uh, Laurent Brassois is another guy that should Laurent. get a start this weekend. So you got three to really pick with. Uh, Brassois has given up four goals each of his first two starts, which is not ideal. Uh, but he could face the Penguins on Sunday. Pittsburgh is so depleted up front right now. And Winnipeg was able to handle them on the road with the worst blue line in NHL history on Tuesday. Uh, so hopefully Brassois gets them on home ice rather than the Blackhawks in Chicago on Saturday. Um, again, if you're chasing a win, uh, you got three pretty good options there. Uh, it just kind of is a matter of, to me, I would hope, you know, try to maybe wait it out and just see kind of what's happening yeah. on early I think Saturday is a lock then, to play Sunday, right? Like yeah, Subban I think Subban tonight. is the safest bet for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think Flurry for sure plays Saturday against Calgary, yeah. and then Subban's going to get them I would agree 100% against that. LA on Sunday. Uh, uh, there's a chance the Flames swing it a little differently, but I, I again, I think... Uh, with Flurry basically being a lock to start that game, I gotta imagine Calgary's gonna want to start Riddick there. Be a tough spot for Talbot to come in his first start of the yeah, year. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, I, I think that probably all three of them go on Sunday. I think so too. No, it's ten. Generally, that's how uh, most coaches operate. They want to try to secure the win on the first night of the back to back when their team's still fresh, play their starter, uh, and then just hope for the best in the second half. Um, and yeah, certainly, like we said, with Vegas, the schedule lines up that way with Subban getting the nod tonight. So for Montreal, it just flipped it on Detroit today. They gave and him price. True. And price the Red Wings still beat True. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Penguins being depleted up front, uh, Jared McCann, center left wing eligibility right now, 10% <clears throat> owned yeah, with Malkin usage. out. Uh, McCann's role has expanded drastically. Uh, he's played nearly 18 minutes. Uh, he played nearly 18 minutes on Tuesday. Uh, the, play, the Penguins play Saturday and Sunday against pretty soft opponents in Minnesota and Winnipeg. Uh, he's going to get high-end usage, and it's worth tossing him in your lineup uh, if he's going to be playing you know, 18, 19 minutes a night. Uh, the, 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 Real quick, just to piggyback off that, Dominic Simon, yep. Yep. Uh, 0% owned, literally 0%. Owned. <laughs> uh, obviously, that's not literally, but not, not over the 0.5 <laughs> margin to get him up to 1%. Uh, playing on the top line with Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby right now. He played, I think, over 19 minutes in their last game. I uh, believe he still has dual wing eligibility in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, like Brock just said, Saturday and Sunday games. Uh, Two teams that are giving up goals. Right, right a lot of games on Saturday. I think they're, I don't want to guess, 12 or 13. Um, but So maybe not some room to get him in your lineup on uh, Saturday. 14 games on 14. Saturday. 14. Ooh. It's a nice DraftKings slate. Yes, but at dual wing eligibility, so I, there is, I guess, a small chance that you might need to fill in a left wing or right wing. Simon could fill that. Literally available in every league, it seems. Um, yeah, top line, Crosby Gensel. He was worth owning last year in that spot, right? He almost went like a point per game when yeah. he was with Crosby on I'm the top line. I'm surprised he hasn't put up more points uh, the first couple games there. But... Yeah, I mean, that line's kind of... I don't want they to say. They got some points tonight. They put up, uh, they scored both their goals tonight. Yeah, there you go. I'm not sure if Simon uh, factored into either one of those we goals. We checked out uh, right now. Beeb's going. Yeah, super deep league. Um, if, uh, I mean, as much as I've attacked LA, um, Ilya Kovalchuk out there, he's currently. Simon had one assist tonight. There we go. No, that's all right. Ilya Kovalchuk currently being used on Power Play 1. We saw him put up three points the other night. He struggled otherwise on the other nights, but. Um, he actually looks good. He does look good. And as we, as D mentioned, if you're trying to take little categories on Sunday, it's someone who can take those power play points, someone who can score a goal or two, and who is going to be in great positions, even if they are getting absolutely smashed. Um, I like Kovalchuk, at least for the bottom of your roster. If you are looking for someone who, um, again, LA has two games Saturday, Sunday, so he can fill out your lineup pretty well. It was funny. I was trying to hold on to some money at DraftKings uh, in the late slate the other day, and I had like LA's top line and, uh, and Campbell. And they were up 3-2, and I was watching, like, freaking out. Like, come on, hold on to this win. This would be such a steal. Campbell was, like, 8% owning in Calgary. and uh, That was a great game. And then, like, the late in the game, 
on multiple occasions, fucking Ilya Kovalchuk comes over the boards in like zip in, it. in a defensive zone situation, and he looked good. Like he he made some smart plays. He, he carried the puck out of the zone. He once. He dumped like it in old. once. I'm like, oh my god! Like Ilya's buying in here. I was pretty impressed. I was nervous as a as a Campbell owner. I'm like, fuck! What are we doing? What is Ilya Kovalchuk doing on the ice right now? But uh, hey, I think know. he uses all, all Doughty, his energy. Can though, we cause... talk about that first oh. of all? Kachuk's goal was a high stick. We need that rivalry. But that was awesome. You understand all the two the rules, time. right? Yeah, but he still, I think it was over his head. And then yeah, it was like, it's like the oh, it, it depends which angle. The one look, I know. They, they both, to me, they both looked high. Um, I know it's shoulder height when it's not going in the net, but it just True. it still seemed high uh, to me. But regardless, I was I was disappointed I when it went in because I'm like fuck, like oh my god, Campbell just lost. And then when Doughty scored, I was like that was so hype. Yeah, <laughs> and his celly was unreal. See him doing like the Hulk Hogan. I like, saw it. Oh, all of it. the so league, uh, the league needs more guys like Drew Doughty. That's just like pure passion. That was unreal. Um, you love seeing that. I mean, that's the team that's. Well, he was probably games, like. So. Fuck. He's like, Kachok just scored a tied up. Like, they were going so head-to-head. Yeah, that's... But it was pretty good stuff. But, uh, all right. That was Season 5, Episode 9 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm Brock Segan. Dylan DeBirthview. Michael Beebs Bondi. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, this place was brought to you by Odd Shark, And we will uh, have Chris Abbott after the break talk about some bets to lay this weekend to win some money. Um... But I'm Brock Seagan. We got Dylan D. Murthy. We got Michael Beast Bondi. Thank you so much. We will see you back here next week for the 10th episode of the season. Let's get those first week dubs. Season 5, Episode 9 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. As always, I'm joined on the line by Chris Abbott of Odd Shark. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Brock. What's happening, my man? Not much. Uh, we're in 
a month or sorry a week into the season here and uh we've seen a couple four goal games uh some huge blowouts some outstanding goalie performances we've kind of got it all here in the first week of the season Ah, uh, you know what sometimes you forget how much you miss the nhl until they start playing again it's been a lot of fun i'm really enjoying seeing the oilers having success um, i think it's great that buffalo is still undefeated in regulation I mean, those two things could come to a screeching halt. That's what we're conditioned to believe. But for now, I'm excited about it. Yeah, even the Detroit Red Wings sitting at 3-1. and one, I'm pretty surprised by that. But uh, all three of those teams are playing pretty good hockey for what their rosters kind of look like. It's a bit surprising. But, hey, uh, they're getting it done as a team, and you love to see it. Um, all right, we've got three games on the schedule on Friday and 14 games on the schedule on Saturday. So, Uh, A lot of different places that you can go with your money this weekend. Uh, What are you targeting specifically uh, heading into Friday and Saturday? Friday was a little bit tough. I'm I'm trying not to force anything because there is only three games. I think I might like the Carolina Hurricanes minus one and a half against the New York Islanders. Carolina just puts a ton of pucks on net. And they make it really, really difficult for other teams to uh, to score. Because it seems like they've always got the puck. They're buzzing around. They keep teams to the outside. And uh, they're making Peter Morazic and even James Reimer look pretty good right now. So I might like that. I might like under six in that game. That might be a safer bet as well. Uh, the other thing is, at some point, things are going to slow down for the Buffalo Sabres. And at some point, the Florida Panthers are going to start looking like we think they will. Buffalo's even money at home in this game tonight. Sergei Bobrovsky, who's on my fantasy team, is not doing very well at all to start the season um, so that's one to look at. And then even Friday night, the Ducks are an underdog. I know they're playing on a back-to-back against Columbus, but I think the Blue Jackets are a good team to fade right now. Um, but I don't love any of those games. There's a couple that I really do like on Saturday. Um, I'll start in L.A. The, I think the Nashville-L.A. game goes over, especially if Jonathan Quick starts in net. It's unfortunate, but he's he's getting lit up right now. And this Nashville offense should uh, should be able to put a few pucks past him or – um, Jack Campbell, if he's the starter, I, I think the LA team plays a pretty good up-tempo game as well. I mean, they scored a bunch against Calgary and against Edmonton. They had a tough schedule because then they played back-to-back in Vancouver after playing in Calgary the night before. But uh, I looked for that game to go over. I looked for the Red Wings plus one and a half against the Maple Leafs. I think that's an excellent spot. I think you'll get that at about even money or better. In the last seven times those teams have played, the game has been decided by one goal for a Red Wings loss or a Red Wings win. Just one time the Leafs have won by two in the last seven meetings. So for whatever reason, Toronto plays or Detroit plays Toronto really tough. I don't know if it's a Babcock thing or you know the Leafs let their guard down a little bit, but they can't do that against the Red Wings on Saturday night at Little Caesars. So I really, really like Red Wings plus one and a half there. And uh, there was another one. Where is it? Oh, the Philadelphia-Vancouver game, the late game on Saturday night. I can see this going under the total. Um, I, I just don't know how much firepower. I know Vancouver put up a ton on L.A., but you got Philadelphia coming cross-country, um, you know, skipping a few time zones there. So I, I look for that game to go under on Saturday night. Yeah, I'll start with the Vancouver-Philadelphia game. Uh, Carter Hart looks outstanding early on. So, uh, you know, with all the firepower that Vancouver seemingly has right now, uh, it's going to be hard to score. Carter Hart, it looks like one of the best goalies in the league right now. Uh, So I agree. I like the under there. Um, 
as far as Jonathan Quick goes, I mean, I saw, I think it was Yahoo tweeted it out yesterday. They said, it's never good when your goals against average and your save percentage both start with the number seven. Uh, I think oh. he's got like a 7-11 goals against and a 7-47 save percentage right now. So uh, absolutely disgusting uh, from Jonathan Quick. I think Jack Campbell is clearly the better goalie um, in L.A. right now. And I just don't know like with how much money he makes, how they even transition towards Jack Campbell. Uh, but Jonathan Quick's got to try to figure it out. Uh, as far as Friday night, I really like your Carolina pick, minus one and a half. Um they held the best team in the league, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, to no shots in a period last week. Uh, that's really difficult to do. Uh, the Islanders, you know, they, they, they don't look great. They limit chances against, but uh, Edmonton was able to go into their building and run all over them the other night. So I think Carolina at home can definitely get the better of them. And uh, I agree with the Panthers as well. Uh, I, I'm a guy that absolutely loves the Panthers. One of my fantasy teams, I've got Barkoff, I've got Huberto, and I've got... Um, Bobrovsky, so not the greatest start for me there, but they've got to turn it around. Uh, earlier on the show, we talked about how Bobrovsky is notorious for being a slow starter. He's had kind of this 850 save percentage through three games, like in three out of the last five years. So it's kind of something that he does. They also play, play the Lightning, the Lightning, and the Hurricanes. I mean, it doesn't get much more difficult than that in the Eastern Conference right now. So uh, going into Buffalo, a team that is hot, I think that the Panthers will probably end up winning that game. Uh, Linus Olmark gets the start for the Sabres as well. So uh, that helps a little bit. He did play pretty well against the Blue Jackets, but they also gave up over 40 shots to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I think the Panthers can go in there and kind of run all over them, hopefully. Yeah, we're also seeing, and based exactly on what you just said, we're seeing 90% of the bets coming in on over six right now. So that'll probably move to six and a half before the, uh, before the puck drop. And, uh, you know, with Bobrovsky, yes, you're absolutely right when you say he's a slow starter. I remember last year people were wondering, you know, oh, he doesn't want to be in Columbus. He got back to his own form as the season went on, and I know he'll do it again this year. But uh, that's, that's not what you're worried about when you're betting a game. You want to take advantage of what's in front of you. So uh, under or excuse me, over might be a, a good play in that game too. Absolutely. Well, Chris, you had a really good week one. Hopefully there's another week, you know, good week ahead here, week two. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely, sir. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 